Let's pray and we're going to get started. All right? Father, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here. It truly is a blessing uh, to be able to be here in person and for those that are watching online. Thank you, Father, for the technology. Thank you for the opportunities. Thank you, Father, for the. I thank you for this family. It truly has been a blessing uh, to be. It, it is a blessing to be a part of this family, for all of that that means, and all of that is that has transpired over these last couple of weeks <clears throat> with everything that's gone on, with the Bracewells, with Georgia, with just everything that's gone on. We just pray, Father, your blessings upon this place, and that we'll keep making uh, the best use of every opportunity we have every single day. Thank you. Help us, Father, as we worship this morning. We pray that our worship will be uh, will be a sweet aroma to you, that you'll be pleased with it. Be with all those that are going to be involved, uh, that they might that they might lead us in a way that that we can worship in the in the right kind of way and with the right uh, frame of mind. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your Son, Father. We cannot say thank you enough for being our Father, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And before I forget, Happy Father's Day, guys. It is. It is. A, it's not. It's a. It's kind of a holiday. We kind of just skip by. Mother's Day. You don't do that. Father's Day. We kind of just skip by it sometimes. So uh, I saw it. And I wanted. I was gonna put it up here, and I did. I forgot to put it up here. So uh, you know, just uh, thank you guys for <coughs> thank you for what you do. All right. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be in First Peter. We're not gonna be there today, so you don't have to turn over there. Uh, uh, Maybe not today. You go ahead, I tell you what, go ahead and turn over there. Because we may be in one verse or two verses. I don't know. But anyway. Uh, you know, I, I told you last week that we were going to look some at Peter. Because I wanted you to see that this guy Peter is not too unlike you and I. He's got some, he's got some serious, serious character flaws. Okay? He's got some issues that he's dealing with. And I want us to just look back at some things that we learned from John. And, uh, and I picked just nothing but things from John. And I got one that I want to bring out from Galatians chapter 2 that we're going to look at. But I want us to see, and I asked you last week, if you thought the name Peter, what would you think of? What would, you, what would come to mind if you thought Peter, the apostle, what would come to mind? Give me something that would come to mind. Impetuous. Impetuous. We talked about that last week, and we're going to look at a, at a, at a scripture. A presumptuous. You know, he's got... Uh, He's got some uh, issues with controlling his temper, would you say? He's, he's a good definition of redneck. He's a good definition? <laughs> I've never heard that one. Before. I've heard a lot, but never that one. He's a good definition of redneck. I want to oh, hold up. Why can't let that go? <laughs> you need to explain what you're talking about. Not, all, not being a redneck is always bad. Really? No, but they are people who have a very... You are going to bury yourself with yes. nobody. He already has. <laughs> he already has. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stick that in your mouth. You, you know some of them. Huh? You know some of them. Oh, yeah. Realize oh. They're, it's their way or the highway. Yeah. Others yeah. are just independent. They're kind of old school. Old school. Yeah, they're kind of... I've told he's a fisherman on a boat. What did he know well, that's that's what they thought. That's what they said in Acts chapter four. They, they're just ordinary fishermen. You know, I, I think this but dumb redneck. I've called them that. There's a couple of dumb rednecks. They don't they don't pose any threat. You know, many people say, well, a guy like that doesn't pose any threat. You know, that's how he comes across. But yet, you know, there's things that were said about him and things that he said early on. Jesus gives him a different name. Gives him the name Cephas in John chapter one. 
which is the, the, the is is Peter, you know, not Peter, son of John, but Peter, not Simon Bar Jonah, but Peter. Jesus calls him that. Okay, you know, he tells him, he tells, huh? I was thinking hard-headed, but I guess redneck hard hard-headed. Redneck, hard-headed, kind of go. You together. think? Yeah. Maybe so. Okay, you know. We maybe need to play a tape of Jeff Foxworthy. You might be a redneck here. We can flesh that out and give it Germans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you guys always lift my spirits. Y'all really do. You know, I can I can be down in the dumps and I just have to come in here and start teaching this class and it just kind of yeah yeah oh I forgot. We have a celebrity here. We have a, celebrity. We have a, we have a Frenchman has, has joined our midst. What's up, Mr. Booth? Monsieur Booth? Don't start. The, la the last time I got a thing from him, he was studying to lead singing in French. And was not sure how he was going to do. So, Anyway, what, what do you got to say? I was just going to say that even... Even after the crucifixion, resurrection, and the oncoming of the Holy Spirit, in Acts 10, when he goes, you know, you think about what are the what's the first thing I ought to say to some people if I'm going to be trying to convert these folks to Christ? And he comes to the house and says, "Well, I normally wouldn't ever step foot in a Gentile's home, but you know, God told me to That's so I'm here. What do you want?" <laughs> You call what? What? Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's got an attitude. But you know, I look around this room. Yeah, there's some of us are like that. We are. I mean, let's face it. So, so we can connect. And I'm doing this because when you start reading First and Second Peter, these are survival manuals. It's what they are. It's a survival manual to survive suffering in a cruel, evil, chaotic world. Yeah. But my brother offered me his shoe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, not many people do that. Put it in your mouth. <laughs> I think that's what he Oh, did. Did, did, <laughs> you, did you had stuck your foot in your mouth? He told you to hit you instead. So. <laughs> if you've not been, if you've not been in this class before, we have a lot of fun in this, this class. Happens, this class could get no. way out of hand. <laughs> yes. Well, and I'm, give me, give me something, give me something else. That you that you remember, and, and I've got some written down here. If you don't, we'll, we'll look at some of these. But you know, give me something that that Peter does. The keys to the kingdom, huh? He, he's got the keys to the kingdom and preaches the very first gospel. As, absolutely, Jesus. Jesus. We looked at last week. Jesus reinstates him. We looked at the last part of chapter twenty-one. If you remember about Jesus reinstating him. And then, and then he's he's walking with Jesus, and John's following, and he says, "What about him?" And Jesus says, "What? Mm -hmm, it's none of your business. Don't worry about it. None of your business." And I and I ended we end, kind of ended class with we spend way too much time worrying about what other people are doing instead of looking in the mirror and worrying about what that guy's looking, what that guy's doing. You know? So yes, ma'am. I was just say the other thing about Peter with everything that we have going on. You know, he's hard-headed and all that, but he, he's, his heart is very sincere yes. in everything he does. Yes. I mean, he's kind of balancing that, but yeah. the sincerity always well, comes ha, Have you ever gotten to the point where something happened in your life and, and you could feel yourself where you could go this way or that way? You felt yourself like that where, where you know, well, he that's where he was. That night, that's where he was. You know, and, and three times he went this way. You know, didn't go all the way. Kind of, He kind of leaned that way. You know, but it scared him. 
I bet it scared him because he went out and wept. He said he wept bitterly because of what he did. And, and then what do you think he's going to expect from Jesus? Jesus is going to escape him. Okay? But that's that. So when you when you go like this and you're, you're kind of standing upright and then all of a sudden something happens and it just, I mean, it just smacks you right in the mouth. And you and you got the two black eyes and you and, and you're going like this and you know you can feel yourself falling you know you're falling falling and and then all of a sudden something happens and it and it stops and it picks you back up and it picks you back up you know well that's so we you, you ever go through that you, you ever been there sure absolutely you know I know what some of the things have happened you know in in your lives that 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 have gone on and you felt like that you know I've talked with Tim lately and Pam lately about that you know talk with Bobby some things that happened in Bobby's life and that he that he felt like he got beat up you know and got knocked around and got some teeth knocked out you know and you and now you're 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 and you know it one more thing bam you're done you know I, I said you know I, I, I talked to the people at Fortran and, and they gave me an out said you don't have to come you know we'll, we'll do it and I said mm -mm, because I'm afraid what's gonna happen if I don't go today I ain't never going back that's my fear and I can't do that you know I, I, I won't so you know, it's just, it's, you know, that because you can feel yourself. And so I, I relate to him. I relate to all the stuff that he went through. Give me something else. What's another one? Something out of John that we learned. John chapter 6. You remember John chapter 6? What did he say in John chapter 6? Uh, you know, he's got, he's got a confidence that's underneath. It's there. You know, sometimes that confidence gets buried because of the stuff that's going on. We, we know that God exists. We know He's real. We know He's our Father. We know He knows more than we do. We know that. Okay? But it, sometimes it gets pushed down, pushed down, pushed down, pushed down. Remember Job? Remember Job? He gets beat up. Then Satan goes back to God, gets beat up again. And then he's got a wife that says, why don't you just curse God and die? Man, am I glad I don't have a wife like that. Man, and you know, I'm glad I don't have a wife. I don't know what's going on in their life, but you know, I, I, I don't want I don't want someone that I care deeply about to say, you know, you ought to just give up. Just give up. You know, and and here, you know, with this confidence that he has, he knows who this guy is. He's just having to put he's having to put thought to feet. And that's hard sometimes. You know sometimes we've got to be reminded. You know, Friday John L reminded me. You know, we went to lunch and I was reminded again of, of, of why I'm doing what I'm doing, why I'm where I'm at. You know, and you know, and, and, and Peter's got Jesus. Reminds him. In John chapter six, when Jesus starts teaching about you have to drink my drink my blood and eat my body, or you can't have no part of me. That's what he's saying. And everybody believes. So this teaching too hard. And he look, turns around, he looks at his disciples, looks at them, says, What about you? Peter says, Where are we gonna go? Where are we going to go? You have the words of life. And then not too long later, he said, I don't know that, Esther. You know what? Because it says, it's profane. He, 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 I don't know him because he's afraid for his own life. You know, he's like this. You know. One more thing. He's going to go. He's got the confidence. He knows. I know a lot of people that have fallen and didn't come back. And they had, they had confidence in God. They knew at, at a point in their life but it, some stuff just happened to the point, the point that over they went. Now, give me another one. Remember what happened when Jesus was wa washing their feet? What happened? You ain't washing my feet. How do you tell the Son of God, you're not going to do that to me? Period. Does that sound a little presumptuous? Just a little, just a little bit? You know, does it sound like a... Like he's kind of full of himself a little bit? 
Would it? Would you think? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, when Jesus says, "If I don't, then you can't have no part of me." Period. And then what does he say next? Then wash my whole body. Give me a bath. I'm good. Give me a bath. But, you know, what happens to him? Uh, well, let's let's take. There's three, a three-day span there. Okay, we've already looked at one of them. He denies him. You know what I'm trying to get is, do I connect with this guy? Because if I connect with him, and I don't care if you're male or female, do I connect with him? Do I have some of the same character flaws that he has? Because then it makes what he writes to me in First and Second Peter more believable. I can, I can grab a hold of it and make it apply to me because I know that a guy that wrote it, that God used to write it, had some of the same flaws, the same character traits that I have, so it, it's more believable. Okay, that three-day span. He's denying, okay? But before that, what happens? There's something that happens before that. Right before he starts denying. He cuts off Malchus' ear. You know, he takes a whop and whacks off his ear. Okay? Cuts his ear off. What does Jesus do? Puts the ear back on. That ought to have got somebody's attention. It should have got Peter's attention, wouldn't you think? He's seen all this stuff before. John says at the end of John 21, he said... I believe that the whole world can contain the books of things Jesus did. But these are written that you might believe. And have to, because by believing you might have life. So, you know, but there's something else. When, when, they, when Jesus resurrects and they're out fishing, okay? Remember they're out fishing? I think it's in chapter 20. They're out fishing. And Jesus only got fire going. He said, hey guys, let's throw some fish. And they, they don't know who he is. He said, well, he caught nothing. He said, well, throw your net on the other side. They can't pull the fish, can't pull the net in. And they realize, and what does G, what does Peter do? He's swimming, yeah. all right? You ever jumped out of a boat out in the middle of the lake? This will be this to be nothing to this. It'll be okay. That boat's moving a lot faster than you think it is. The water is a lot harder than you think. And it takes a lot more energy to get there. I'm thinking, you know, they're they're paddling, paddling, paddling. And they paddled by him. Man. <laughs> I can just see that. You know, and he's thinking, what did I do this for? What did I jump in the water for? You know, why do you think he jumped in the water? After he had, Jesus hadn't really said him yet. Jesus hadn't said, I forgive you, go feed my sheep. He hadn't said that yet. Why do you think he does that? Why do you think you would have done that? He had to get there. He had to get to Jesus. He just felt that immediate Okay. Why don't you stay in the boat? Everybody else stay in the boat. Why don't you just use the boat to get there? Because he's impetuous. Because he has this mindset. I can do everything better than they can do it. You see? I'm I'm I don't need anybody else's help. I can do it. Anybody like in here like that? Thank you. One more honest individual. Can I raise his hand for you? Yeah, absolutely. That's what. I'm, I'm not going to call anybody. I'm just telling, hey, I'm like that. If, my, if Jordan, if you're watching, you know I'm absolutely telling the truth. You don't believe I can do everything myself. And and what does Jesus have to teach him? No, he can't. And what does he learn? You know, he still tries to do this. Now I want you to go to Galatians chapter 2. All right? Galatians chapter 2. Now this is being written by Paul. Okay? Alright? And look at verse 11. 
when Cephas came to Antioch, now we know who that is, right? When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. He said, I didn't take him off in the, in the back. I, I walked up to him and I posed him to his face. He said, because he stood condemned. Alright? Before, before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. Now, what's Paul been dealing with? We studied in, in Acts. Paul's been dealing with them. We studied, you know, what, he's been dealing with this, this conflict where the Jews are coming in and trying to change everything and they want him to be obedient to the law. And Paul has been, bam, bam, always beating his head against them. And here comes Peter. He walks up to Peter and says, Man, what you're doing is wrong. You're discriminating against one group to try to elevate yourself in front of another. Does that sound familiar? Does it sound familiar to us? You know? I'm not going to ask you if this has ever happened, that you've ever done it. Hey, I've had it happen to me. I've had it happen to me before. Where someone has alienated me because somebody else walking around. Not, but man, you know, as a, as a kid, as a kid in high school, this kind of stuff goes on all the time. It goes on all the time. Sadly, it goes on in some professions. In some places of business, it still goes on. I'm sure in any place where there's a whole lot of people, I'm sure some, some people get shunned because of one thing or another. And Paul, and Paul says, man, I've I gotten his face. I've gotten his face because what he was doing was wrong. He said, the other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. Do you think that you influence people in your life? Do you think there's people in your life that are watching you? And that you influence. You think that's true? Here, he said, he wasn't trying to influence Barnabas, but by his very action, it was influencing Barnabas to do something that he should not do. You know, every one of us, guys, when a crisis comes, there are people watching. I don't care what you do. I don't care how much you don't want it to be that way. It just is. Especially in a place like this. People are watching to see what are you, what is he going to do. They may not say it, they may, they may think it only, but they're going to stand from afar and watch. And some of them, sometimes, sadly, are looking for you to fall so they can criticize you and beat on you, and, and, but not to your face. You know what I found? Here, it's not like that so much. I talk to a lot of people where it is that way in some places. And I'm not talking about just child. I'm talking about, you know, and, and, you know I, I, I talked to a girl yet, two days ago at the hospital. And you could tell she really it was struggling with her situation. She didn't like her situation. You could tell she didn't like who she was working with. She didn't like the environment. She didn't like any of it. And she and this was this was not a nurse. This was just kind of an aide. And she had no problems telling me, you know. And I guess it was God said it's okay for her to talk because it's not going to affect me one way or another. You know, I'm not going to make a judgment on a place based on this one girl. But you know, I mean, and I'm thinking, you know, how bad and how miserable must she be? to be, be airing her stuff in front of us who are patients there, you know? And I felt sorry for her. And I saw her yesterday. I didn't talk to her, but I saw her and I thought, you know, God, please, you know, give her some strength here to, to accomplish whatever she needs to accomplish so she can get close to you. Because I know that, that maybe somebody in her life at some point has done this to her. 
You ever had this done to you? Bob, you ever had this done to you? Sure. You know, how'd it feel? Terrible. You know, I mean, how do you think when Barnabas looks in the mirror and looks at himself, realizes what he's done, that he's that he's followed after now, he's followed after a leader. Right? That's what happens in families. <clears throat> you know, families are gonna follow after a leader that maybe is taking them down a rat hole, you know, down a dark hole and they're never gonna get out of. You know, I mean, we see that all. I mean, the divorce rate, guys, is up over 50, 60 percent. I mean, you don't think that there's that there's some some leadership problems in these in these relationships, don't you think? You know, I mean, when we were in a hospital in Houston, you know, people asked how long you've been married, and of course, that was always George's job. Well, she wasn't sure, so I had to figure it up. Get my phone out, get the calculator. <laughs> But I told them we've been married 49 years, and she and they and they went, "You're kidding," you know, because they don't see that example that much anymore, and it's sad because the example they need to see is people is that long kind of longevity, you know. Here, what they needed to see from from this leader, from this one who had been with Jesus, especially these these Gentiles, these Jews, were having so much problems. They they needed to see a leader that's going to stand up and say, "Hey, guys." This is what you're supposed to do. They did in Paul, because Paul wasn't afraid to get in his faith. And he said, when I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? What was he, what was he doing? Siding with the Jews. They were saying you need to be obedient to the law. And, he was by, he, and he, they, this had already been to that council in Jerusalem where they'd made the decision they weren't going to do that. So can can you have problems in leadership? Absolutely. And sometimes, I, I would prefer if you have a problem with me, don't do it in public. <laughs> you know, that's not a lot of fun. Uh, you know, but uh, but if that's what you feel you have to do, then fine. But that that's what that's what needs to happen. You know, that's what Paul did, and, and he said what you're doing is wrong. I believe by looking at the at the letter he wrote, because he wrote that letter after this. Okay. That letter was written, those two letters were written after this happened. So, you know, I think that that, uh, that Peter learned a lot in his in his travels and things that were going on. Jesus told him how he's going to die, remember? Did he tell him how he was going to die? You know, told him, going to be taken someplace you don't want to go and be put in a place you don't want to be in. You know, he, Jesus told him. And so I think he realized at some point that uh, that what I'm following and what I'm doing here is by far better than than anything else. I, I think that that as we study this letter, these two letters that we're going to find it, and I, and I looked at, I looked some of, on into it. Man, there's so much there. You know, I mean, I told y'all last week, man, there is no way I'm going to do what Cole did and come in here and teach a chapter in, in 40 minutes. That's not going to happen. Not going to happen. You'll be lucky if we do three verses in 40 minutes. You know, with the way I teach. But you know, I'm, I I can't wait to get into some of it. So let's turn over there and let's read a, a little bit of it. We're probably not going to have time to do much of it, but I want to... Anything else you may want to say about Peter? Yes, sir. Just what you talked about right here, you see time and time again that for all of the bluster and the impetuousness, he was always correctable. Yeah. He was correctable by yeah. Jesus. He was correctable by by Paul. Yeah. He was correctable. He had to get told three times about the, yeah. the sheet coming down yeah. you know, with the animals, yeah. but... He got it. Jesus had to reinstate it three times too. 
about, you know, you love me. Yes, I love you. You know I love you. Well, you didn't prove it the other day. The other day you didn't prove it. But Jesus knew his heart. Jesus knew that he did. But Peter needed, needed to know he did. Because he was probably beating himself up. I, I, he probably beat himself up here. But, you know, if you've ever been, been uh, uh, chastised in public, it is a, it, it is a, it, it's very demeaning. You know, and, it can, and, it, and you can only do it to certain people. I think Paul probably knew. You know, but Paul's another study, man. He, Paul, I don't think Paul really cared. <laughs> I think Paul has his own flaws. He's got his own flaws, yeah. He's got his own squirrels in the, in the, in the bag. Yes? What I love about Peter is I, I relate to him because he was a man. Once he, knew, once he came to Christ, he was a man in transition. He could, he'd go back, he'd go yeah, forward. Yeah. And it gives me hope. Yeah, I think that's exactly what. What did you say, Sam? He was a correct. He was correctable. He's a man in transition. He is at the same time he's in transition. He, you can he can be corrected. You know, when we get stuck in the mud and we're not movable, won't move, won't change, won't look at it from a different perspective, then we're in trouble. In trouble. If you think you got all the answers, let me tell you something. I got news for you. I got news for you. You're going to find out real quick someday. You don't have any answers. You only thought you knew what you knew. What you're going to have to rely on is, I know something that I didn't know the other day. God knows more than I do. He's smarter than me. And He's got a plan that don't fit my narrative. And it doesn't really make any difference to Him whether it fits my narrative or not. Okay? So, we're going to find out whether am I correctable. And these two letters are a survival manual for correcting yourself and getting yourself focused in a, in a face of horrendous suffering. Remember, these things things are written about the time of Nero, and they're they're dying by the thousands. And it it's it. Let me tell you something, guys. Satan knows what he's doing. Okay, he knows what he's doing. And just just give him a just get him get his foot in the door. And he will beat you to a pulp to the point where you fall over and you don't just like this. You're over. And and sadly, the coming back, not that easy. Well, that's a lie too that he tells us and we listen. Mm -hmm. That we're not worthy to come back. Yeah. And, and, we, and we buy it. Because once we fall, guess what we do? We eliminate everybody in our lives that can, that can help. We eliminate them. And we eliminate, we eliminate God from our life first. Then we eliminate godly people from our lives. We even eliminate godly family members from our life because we're so stuck where we are, and that's why it's so important that we realize that that can I be correctable? Am I in transition? And if I am, and I'm in, you know, it says in Romans chapter 12, do not conform any longer to the patterns that will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, at what point is your mind done renewing? Tell me. At what point? How many times has Adam been bit by a snake, Alan? This one time. So he knows something now that he didn't know before, right? So his mind's different now than it was before. You see? He's been transformed. You know, I mean, you know, you know camp. You've been there hundreds of times, right? Maybe not hundreds, but you've been there a bunch. You've been, 35 years. 35 years. Okay, so you've been there 30. So you're a, you're kind of a fixture. <laughs> That's a good thing. But, you know... Someone willing to give up their time for 35 years to go help a bunch of kids? Maybe some of your kids? No, I know some of your kids. My kids? He's been there when my kids were going. 
Yep. So, you know, but but there's still things. Is there things that you learn different when you go? Is there different things that you can learn? It, it changes a little bit. It changes. Okay. So, so we're willing to to still transform, learn, still learning. Okay. And I think that's where Peter got to. I think you're absolutely right. I think both of you are absolutely right. And I think we need to adopt that mindset that I don't have all the answers. And when I think I do have all the answers, I'm going to get I'm going to get a rap in the mouth because because something I learned is God loves me. And he loves me sometimes through his family. And he loves me sometimes through chaos. Because it says in Hebrews chapter 12, you know, endure hardship as what? Discipline. Discipline. Because God disciplines those he loves. He loves my family. He loves this family. And he loves us enough to discipline us when we need it. Okay? And and he did that with Peter did that with Peter and Peter changed. You know, as you read this stuff, you're going to say, wow. How many of you have ever really studied First and Second Peter? I mean, studied it. I mean, I mean, got into the nuts and bolts and really studied it. You know, good. Then it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a fun study then. You know, it's a, there's some really neat stuff in here. Let's look at the first two verses. Yes. Was Peter the one crucified upside Yep. That's historically, that's what Historically, he was crucified upside down. You know, because uh, historically, I think from from the second century writers, I think that's that's true. I'd have to go research that, but but he said I'm not worthy to be be crucified the same way as my Lord. I don't know if he's actually said that because there's been things that I've heard said about other people that I went and researched and that they didn't say that. I heard some, something said about Abraham Lincoln one time, some guy preaching and uh, and he said it and I found out he didn't say that. He never said that because that's not even what he, who he was connected to spiritually religiously wasn't connected to them. There's no possible way he could have said it. So I knew that wasn't true. So anyway, let's look at the first two verses. Alright? Now we don't have a lot of time, but I'm not going to really get into it. I just want you to be pondering on this because I got some questions here. Alright? Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now we beat that pretty much up. Okay, we got that. He's a he's an apostle. That means he's special. It means Jesus handpicked him. He's one of only what? Fourteen. Okay, one of only 14. There was 12 originally one, right? Then they, then Judas is gone. They picked another one. That's 13. And then who's next? Paul. That's 14. So actually it was 14 of them. Actual ones that, that, were, that were tasked with this. Alright, so here's Peter. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. To God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with His blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. If you had a question about that text, what would it be? Anything in that text that you'd have a question about? Nobody? Well, that sprinkling the blood can okay. cause some problems. Can cause some problems with you or with no, just, just okay? I've already, I've already got that one down. I'm, we're going to deal with that next week. What? <coughs> foreknowledge of God. Some, okay. I don't, but some people might look at that Okay. Okay. Well, I, I look at, at it, and, and the one that comes to mind most is, is chosen according to foreknowledge of God. People say, well, if you see there, what's the point? God just predestines people, and what's the point? If He predestined me and didn't predestine me, then I can do all this for nothing, and it's not going to work anyway. And that's, that's, that's ridiculous. 
and we're going to look at that okay a little bit you know anything else I'm going to just see if the question the things that I've got written down here that we didn't get to are things that y'all y'all came up with pilgrims pilgrims sojourners exiles he says he says to God's elect exiles scattered throughout the provinces of all these provinces y'all pretty much picked the three that I have I figured y'all would so those are the three things we're going to look at from that those two verses I want to look at and see you know what is he talking about when he talks about the foreknowledge chosen by the foreknowledge of God you know what's he talking about when he talks about the sanctifying work of the spirit many people you know I think that we've really worked really hard at, at trying to elevate and understand the, the work of the Holy Spirit that's what we're doing on Wednesday night we're, we're doing the, the summer series doing the, the fruits of the spirit you know, I think Cole did a marvelous job the other day on love and joy. And then we've got, I think Glenn's doing the next one. Mark's going to do one. Scott's doing one. I'm doing one. Uh, uh, you know, I think you're doing Aren't you doing one? Yeah. Yeah. Vic's doing one. Uh, I don't remember who all else is doing one. I think that's pretty much it. You know, so, you know, I highly recommend you come on Wednesday night and just come. And, and I think this one Sunday, this Wednesday we're doing singing, right? This Wednesday? We're doing singing this Wednesday. But, you know, we're... You know the next ones. That's who's going to be doing them. I, I can't wait. I can't. There's two of them. I can't wait to hear. I want to hear my son do one in this class in front of a bunch of people, and I want to hear this guy do one. I already know what Scott's going to do. I already know what Vic's going to do. You know, I've listened to them for, for a long time, but that's the ones I want to. I want to really listen to. I can't wait for them. So, but anyway, guys, I'm going to head to Fort Fran. Uh, keep praying. Keep praying for for John and and for and for uh, that family. Uh, you know. You know, Keith and Gracie are, you know, I mean, I could see the pain in their, because they're going to Houston, and they're going to San Antonio, and they didn't know what they were going to find when they got there. You know, a guy like Larry, who's a, a nurse, you pretty much know, he had a motorcycle wreck with no helmet on. You know, he's got some serious, serious injuries that he may not come back from, or may, may have a tough time coming back from. So please, God, be praying for him. And has four children. And they got four little children. Nine to two. Okay? Not grown children. Yeah. Nine to two. Gracie and Keith couldn't find anybody to watch the kids. They finally got somebody that's watching them while they're gone. But, you know, that's... Anyway, guys, thank you for everything that you are and everything you do and everything you mean to my family. Thank you.